Hey guys, welcome to the Boning Soul Podcast. Thanks for joining me again. All right, so today is an absolute treat for me. Um, I got a guy on here who was one of the first people I started watching and following when I first got into traditional archery. And of course, that's the one and only Jeff Cavanaugh. Um, awesome YouTube channel. Um, he hasn't put out a lot of stuff in, in, in several years. Um, and we get into talking about why. Um, when I first started watching him, of course, he came up. Um, very, very awesome shooter. He was kind of known as like a, like a snap shooter, quick shooter. Uh, I don't want to call it trick shooting, but the guy can hit like moving objects like, like no other, right? But um, I really didn't really know the real Jeff Cavanaugh, right? Um, ever since he's been on Instagram, he's been posting a whole bunch of other like awesome stuff about like, uh, like waterfowl and small game and um, just photography and, and all this other kind of stuff. And when I reached out to him, you know, he was like, well, you know, I don't necessarily just want to talk about like just, just Archer. And I said, fantastic, because that's not what I want to talk about. Because the whole point of reaching out to him was to get to know, you know, the, the, the other part of, of, of Jeff that, you know, I really haven't heard on any other podcast before. So this was fantastic. We talked about, um, you know, how how he kind of grew up hunting and his uh, introduction to the outdoors and his love of nature and, uh, you know, love of small game and, and waterfowl and, and uh, you know, grouse and all this other stuff. We do touch on archery a little bit, um, but this isn't just an archery, you know, necessarily this uh, archery episode, but it is a kind of like a love of the outdoors episode and Jeff certainly has that he's instilled that in his kids and uh, like I said he was he was one of the very first people I started to follow so this was a real treat for me to actually uh, talk to him and get to know him on a little more uh, a deeper level so um, <laughs> you know like I said no, nothing more to it than that you're just gonna have to listen really interesting guy very very passionate about what he does um, and he's just about as humble as it gets so um, yeah, I'm not going to ramble on anymore. Uh, with with that said, here is my interview with Jeff Cavanaugh. All right, I think, uh, recording in progress. Okay, okay. all right, fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> so, welcome everybody to the Boning Soul Podcast. I finally have, finally, 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 the one and only Jeff Cavanaugh on the phone after well a long time trying to get a hold of you and then today what we've been at this for oh my goodness a half an hour no more than that yeah trying to get oh god 45 minutes almost just trying to get zoom up and running because we were trying to figure technology, out man. yeah you were saying you're not you're not too hip on on the technology for stuff and i don't really use zoom so you didn't have skype and i'm like all right we'll just do this and we're just kind of muddling and then i you know you got to send a link for anybody that's actually like done any kind of video conferencing in the last like two years this is like god ever how stupid are you right but <laughs> you know um i spelled your name wrong several times i spelled hotmail wrong had fat fingers oh man finally finally we're talking and i i really really appreciate it because i wasted about 45 minutes of your day but no um no yeah so um so jeff you're on and for, for some reason, if, if no one, if people listening, who, if, if anybody doesn't know who you are, uh, give like a really quick kind of brief, uh, kind of synopsis of, uh, of you. I don't know what to say. Just guy that bow hunts and likes archery and outdoors and gun dogs and grouse hunting, all that kind of stuff. <laughs> 
all all that kind of stuff. So when when I you know originally when I when I first started following you, right? Uh, of course, I started watching your old YouTube stuff, and um, you know you were known for you know doing all this like fast shooting and this and that. Uh, you shoot outside in your rink and stuff, and I was like fascinated, right? But then when I wanted, but then like you know people know you for that. And then when I reached out to you, I'm like, look, I don't want to talk about Jeff Cavanaugh, just like, you know, the archer. Right. Um, and you were, I think, pretty happy about that. So we're going to stick with that because yeah. there's so much more to Jeff, to, to you that I don't know about. And a, a lot of these um, like guests that I have on, we're kind of talking for the first time because, you know, I follow them and I know a little bit about them. They may have YouTube channels. They may have Instagram accounts but I don't really like know them, know them, you know? And so I, I don't think like, I really haven't heard you on my, I think you were on the push like a few years ago. Yeah. Um, but I, you know, I, I don't really know like the rest of what Jeff Kavanaugh is about, you know, aside from like the archery guy, cause you do all this other awesome stuff on Instagram. You post these beautiful pictures. Um, you know, you're very outdoorsy, you know, you're into, uh, you, you know, you're into photography, you're into kind of some natural living, you know, just, um, you're like Ithaca 37 shotguns and we can get in all this stuff. Right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you, you, you know what I mean? Yeah. So, um, I, I, I guess, you know, you're, you're in Canada, right? What part of Canada, Canada are you? Um, we live near a place called Owen sound, Ontario. Okay. And uh, so if you look at the great lakes and you see uh, Georgian Bay, which is beside Lake Huron, mm -hmm. it's attached to Lake Huron. We're at the southwesternmost tip of Georgian Bay, so we're like 20 minutes from here on Lake Huron and we're right, you know, really close to the Georgian Bay as well. So got it. Got it. Area. Yeah. yeah. So I, I kind of, I grew up in Canada. I grew up just North of Toronto. We kept moving like North, like more North, you know? Yeah. Um, and, and, I, and I'm trying to forgive me. My, my geography right now is terrible with, with that whole area, but basically, you know, we moved, um, if you know any of these areas, like, uh, just north of Toronto to like Newmarket to Hull Landing to you oh, know yeah. we were kind of near like I think like Barry was like close by I'm guessing oh, okay yeah, yeah Barry Barry is uh uh be a little over an hour away okay it would be east of you right or no actually no sorry it's um two hours away two hours Barry, okay two hours away. okay so and that's a long time ago like we we moved yeah. to the states back in 92 91 92 so it's a long long time ago but yeah. um yeah so i mean beautiful beautiful country up there i really haven't been any north of those places that, that i mentioned but um you know you um are you okay so following what you do um it seems like you have kind of like a well, we would call it up here, up north, right? I don't know what you call it over there, but mm -hmm. uh, you've got, is this like an extra, like other cabin or whatever that you live out there? Or do you have a farm or do you have some property? Because all yeah, these, like, all so, these things that we see you do are like some, like yeah. kind of out, out there in beautiful landscape, you know? Well, we live, we live on a farm and uh, I used to sheep farm for, I sheep farm for 14 years. Um, I was in uh, commercial printing and advertising before that. Um <laughs> And uh, when we wanted to have kids, I was kind of burnt out doing what I was doing. And uh, my wife's a veterinarian. And uh, she uh, said, you know, why don't you start farming when we wanted to have kids and be, be the Mr. Mom thing. So, yeah, I jumped on that. And so I ran a sheep farm for 14, 15 years and then uh, raised the kids as well. And I'm not farming anymore. I rent the land out. And uh, right now I'm just doing... Uh, I work at a, a, a tackle archery shop and I've been doing construction and things like that. Um, 
Yeah, just so just uh, so th so that's here at home, and then I have a cabin that's been in the family since 1941. Uh, my grandparents bought it. It's up near Sudbury. Wow. And uh, so I, th those are basically pretty much the only two places that I hunt almost. Yeah. Um. <clears throat> but uh, so yeah, lucky to have them for sure. It, it, it's uh, it, either place looks looks absolutely beautiful so um kind of going back a little bit then um what what was your kind of introduction to like the outdoors i mean you, you always been attracted yeah, be, to that you that, always done things what's that that'd be, that'd be my grandparents yeah my mom and dad had no interest in it at all my dad you know if it wasn't in the golf course then he wasn't really interested um, although he did, he used to duck hunt with my grandfather. It was more of a son-in-law duty. He did that for a while, um, but that didn't last long. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, no, I, I used to right, right from the time I was just a little, like a baby, even I, I, I'd, I'd be up at my grandparents' place up in Sudbury. They lived on a lake and I'd be at their place uh, all summer long. And uh, so I would fish and I would, you know, take the 22 out and all that sort of thing. Uh, for years and years, I did that every year. And of course, we'd go to the cabin. My grandparents would take us to the cabin. They would go on weekends and things like that. And so that's how I got all my uh, interest in in uh, hunting and that. So you just kind of just naturally took to it. And then um, you, you said, so then your grandfather, um, like, did he kind of guide you along in this too? I mean, was... Uh... Yeah, he, he had a stroke uh, as, well, as well back in the, uh, the, the 70s there, 60s and and that slowed him down a lot. So we, we never really got a chance to, to do a lot together, but he was always present. You know what I mean? Sure, sure. And and so like I would go out and he would come back and tell him the exploits and things like that. <laughs> and of course I spent I spent, you know, all day long I'd be out in a canoe fishing or you know, doing things like that. So would you consider yourself more like self-taught than in the woods and just kind of had someone like as a mentor to come kind of tell, like, like bounce things off of, you know, with, with your grandfather then did you just kind of do learn on your own? Well, yeah, I've been doing it for all my life. Right. I'm 60 yeah. now. Um, I mean, I always had him to talk with and, and, and early on he was there. Um, but the, the down nitty gritty. Yeah. It's basically self-taught. Self-taught. Yeah. When did, um, so when did the love of, let's say, um, well, what was the first you said, you, you said you were in the, you were in the 22s and stuff like that first. Right. So then did you get into kind of all kinds of hunting? Um, you said you did, you know, when you say 22, right, mm -hmm. I'm guessing the small game and stuff, but when did the love of birds and, and, uh, you know, waterfowl and that kind of stuff. Well, that was, uh, that was first. That was the very first thing was gross. Okay. And, uh, and that, again, that was with his, my grandfather's old Ranger 22 repeater, which, you know, if you look at a picture, you, you can see a picture of my son using it <laughs> on Instagram. Oh, really? So that gun's got a lot of history behind it. And I mean, it was just a matter of, of uh, uh, you know, going in the woods and still hunting for grouse and trying to get a headshot. Mm -hmm. All right. So as for, for learning, that, that's, you know, there's almost nothing better. It's like deer hunting only on a small scale. Sure. You know, so, I mean, I just wrote an article. I'm hoping they're going to publish it in Ontario Doors magazine that, on that same, the same thing. A rimfire uh, partridge, I called it. Yep. Um, but yeah, so I, I, I did that sort of thing. And, and uh, then, then when I got into the shotguns and my grandfather taught me how to shoot a shotgun and, and 
that's when I started, you know, duck hunting and grouse hunting and things like that. And then when I first started getting into archery back in the early 70s, um, I immediately wanted to hunt birds with it. Um, yeah, that, fa- that, that fascinates me too, because I mean, that just takes like an extra, you know, an, an extra level of, of skill, you know, um, that, uh, I, I don't know. I mean, we can, we can get into it too, you know, down, down the road a little bit, but, um, so, so when you did pick up archery tackle, then did you, um, did, did you put away the other stuff for a while and, oh, and no, or, no, or did you just kind of do everything, all, whatever? You'll do it all. Yeah. And, and, uh, but the thing is like, people make it seem like it's difficult, but when you're young and, 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 and no one tells you, you can't do it. Well, then you don't have any limitations, right? Sure. You just do it until you do it. So were you wing shooting these, like, or, yeah. or for whatever, or, or yeah, like kind yeah. of sneaking up on them, you know, on the ground and then no, before no, they took, no, took flight? No, shooting, the goal was wing shooting for ducks and stuff like that. Yeah. God, that's just, I, I know guys do it and I know, I know you, you know, you do, but I've never actually like, like watched a whole bunch, a, a lot of footage on, on guys doing it. And I it just fascinates of, me, you know? I think a lot of it is that it's that perception of it's too difficult to do, right? Yeah. And as I said, no one ever told me it, it wasn't possible. Good, so good, that, yeah, good way to look at so, it. Yeah, sure. So that I, I didn't have that, you know, that, that limitation saying, oh, you, you shouldn't do this. You can't do this. It's not, it's impossible to do. Well, it really is not that, not that big a deal. I mean, it is sure it is more difficult and you have to pick your shots and you have less shots and things mm-hmm. like that. And so, you know, your, your, your one duck becomes a reward of like, you know, a, 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 a full limit. <laughs> no kidding. So, so were you doing that like in a duck blind kind of thing too, or like you jump, yeah, you jump at them on like pod, on ponds and like, uh, you yeah, know, I've flooded fields. I, I would jump shoot ducks and I would also, uh, uh, in a, you know, we'd, we'd set the beaver dance with over decoys. Sure. Okay. So nice and, and close. And, yeah. And then have them come in and, and decoy in. And, and, you know, when, it, when, it, when a bird's coming in and it's on, you know, you know, 15 yards away and its wings are open and it's wanting to land, mm-hmm. it's not that bad. It's different if it was a teal flying at Mach 1 coming over your head, right? Sideways, yeah, right, cross, yeah, crisscrossing, yeah. It's never going to happen. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, when you when you found success, let's say, with a shotgun, right, with um, – because because i okay let me back up here i've 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 i can see the correlation between what you do with a shotgun um and when i mean you i mean anybody right you're kind of just more instinctive yeah. right you're kind of swinging through you're you're anticipating where someone's going to be um and an instinctive archery right uh with like moving targets and things like that did yeah. you immediately did your brain immediately kind of make that connection and just like hey it's just a different tool different weapon but i'm, yeah. I'm using the same shotgun kind of shooting uh mentality yeah it's just that same it's, it's the same as 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 any sport you play right tennis mm-hmm. or whatever sure your brain adjusts and you just adapt to it hmm. and you figure things out right <laughs> you figure things out. What, what are you using for that? Are you using like regular arrows, flu flu, uh, flu was it flu uh, flus or yeah, flu flus, just so you don't have to go forever to find them. Sure, right. I've lost a lot over the years. <laughs> I was gonna say, do, do they actually like go through all the way through, or just kind of stick in and, and then kind of come down with the bird, or like, or do it, they go it, through? It and... varies. It varies on how you hit them, but yeah, so you lose some and some come down, and and. Uh, for grouse and stuff like that, like woodcock, I'll just use a, a, a judo point. Mm-hmm. And so it's pretty much impossible to lose those, except I do have a bunch of sticking in trees up there. It's, you know, yeah, sure. 
they fly well, by a tree and you miss and you hit the tree. What about ducks and stuff like uh, broadheads? What do you what do you use it? Yeah, I, I use a two blade broadhead for 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 ducks. Hmm. And I'm not picky. I just pick up anything that's old or anything that's cheap. Sure. Yeah. I mean, I I, t- I tend to do that same thing with um, uh, you know, squirrel hunting. You know what I mean? I I love yeah. I love bow hunting for squirrels, right? And and you you, <clears throat> made, you made a comment earlier about um, it's great practice. You said I think when you're doing when you're doing like spot and stock or trying to uh, you know sneak yeah. up on grouse or whatever. And, yeah. and and I say the same thing with um with with uh with squirrels. I I still have yet to have success with, with, with my Tradwell equipment. But when I was shooting a compound, I mean, it was, it was so much more fun. Um, just being active, walking around constantly trying to stock up on squirrels, you know, cause you get like, I don't know, however many like stocks in a, in a day or in a few hours, you know what I mean? It's constant yeah. excitement and it's a lot of, it's really good practice. And it was, it was, it, to me, it turned out to be a whole lot more fun than walking around with a shotgun and doing it. And I still like carrying a shotgun every now and then. Well, you know that's what, what I, mean? I was saying about, you know, a little earlier that, uh, you know, you, you get one duck, with the bow and that's more fulfilling than, than getting the full limit with a shotgun. Sure. Yeah. And so it, you know, it's just a different experience. It's a different mindset. Mm-hmm. And I've, I've never been a limit kind of guy. Like even my son and I, you know, he, he will go out and we'll go for a goose hunt here in the farm and, you know, we get a couple of birds. We're done. We don't sit there and try to, you know, fill a limit because well, we've got enough for what we want. We've had a wonderful time and seeing birds fly and that sort of thing. So Never, never been a limit kind of guy myself. I think that's why I like watching some of your, um, uh, not some, I, not some of your stuff, all of your stuff, or, or at least um, looking at your, your pictures and some of the content that you put out because um, the, the notion of experience, you know, the outdoors experience comes through way more than, um, you know, I mean, you're certainly not like a whack and stack kind of guy, but no, it, it, you know what I mean? <laughs> but, well, but, but it comes through way more than like how many, you know, how, how many critters are like down, you know what I mean? Yeah. Versus like, Hey, <laughs> look at all this awesome, cool stuff. I saw, Oh yeah. By the way, I went hunting too. Yeah. You know what well, I mean? That's like, well, I used to work over at a place called Griffith Island. I was a guide there and used to run the kennels, the dog kennels and that. And, um, uh, there, there'd be guys at this island. This is a private posh, private hunting club, right? And it's 2,200 acres in Georgian Bay, and it's like millionaires and stuff, you know, like, um, um, who the heck was it? Um, oh, I can't remember the heck his name is now. Very, anyway, very, very, all these rich guys. And, 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 you, and it's pheasant, uh, chucker partridge and, and, and uh, Hungarian partridge, right? And so you'd get guys and they'd want, you know, to rack, like rack and stack them, right? Yeah. And I always said, I'm not that guy. If, if, if they're looking for a quality hunt behind, behind some pointers that, you know, they're going to have a really good experience. I'm that guy, but I'm not the guy that wants to open a fly pen and have them shoot them as they come up the fly pen. <laughs> <laughs> so, so did you do guiding for this place then or? Yeah. Yeah. So you take out, you know, between one and six guys on a hunt with the dogs and, yeah. and, uh, You'd go, you know, pheasant hunting or bird hunting, or whatever, and also some deer hunting as well. Um, that was yeah, totally I, I, I don't think that's something that I could personally get behind with that. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, as far as like what's fulfilling for me, because I mean, just like you, um, like you look at some of these people and you, and you either you either like live this lifestyle, you know, whether you actually get to do it every day or not. Like I'm not in the field every day, right? Yeah. But in in my head, I am right? Yeah. And you're passionate about it versus 
and we all know these people you've been around them. Certainly I've been around them. I used to work for one, you know, several years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're just, they're just the, you know, they're just out for the kill and then the, you know, the cocktails afterwards, you know, and in, in, in the, yeah. the lounge kind of thing. Right. Yeah. Um, just not, not my bag, you know, no, not my bag no. at all. No, I'm the same here. And, and I guess it's something for everybody, but <laughs> I, yeah. I like, to enjoy, I like to enjoy, like when I, when I would go out, I'd, I'd be working the dogs and I'd be, you know, that, that, that whole experience of working with the dogs and seeing them on point, and making mm-hmm. good cues, and that's, a, that's what I lived for. That, that was amazing. Do you, um, do you, do you train dogs for others or just kind of for your, you know, just mostly um, just myself. Yeah. But I have, but, um, I, I would get into it if, if, uh, if people wanted me to. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, I love it. I mean, there's, there's just a, a connection that I have with dogs that I've had all my life. And, mm-hmm. and, uh, it's just one of those things that I just truly enjoy doing. And I know, um your kids I'd, ra- I'd, I'd rather i'd rather i'd rather take the dog out and guide someone than take a shotgun out myself oh yeah yeah it's just like, j- just because of the connection you have with the dog and what what's gone that's, into that's that training of it or yep that's what's important to me okay I, I, given the choice I, i'd leave the shotgun behind over the dog any day of the week yeah yeah I think that's part of that, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, maybe I'm speaking for you, but you know how everyone talks about like the progression of hunters, you know, first you just want to kill something and then you want to do like, you know, get your, I don't know, experience in shooting a lot of things. And then you move into like the one or two kind of quote unquote, I'm using air quotes, you're like trophies or whatever's a trophy to you. And then afterwards you're just in it more for mentorship, you know, and just experience, you know, you're back to the beginning kind of thing, you know? So it sounds like, um, you've, you've done that full, that full circle you know, but you've done it in a classy way. <laughs> not, not a lot of people end up doing that, you know, oh, thank you. <laughs> that's, the, that's, that's, that's what I think anyway. And, and you've, um, speaking of mentoring, of course, um, I know, uh, well, I, I know your daughter used to shoot, you know, shoot with you cause she was on those older uh, YouTube videos yeah. and you have a son as well, right? Are they yeah. both, are they both into, into hunting or are they? Oh, yeah. yeah, big time. Okay. Um, um, Lucy hasn't, well, we spent a lot of time together. We, we both got into uh, photography. And so we spent the last couple of years with COVID up at the cabin doing lots of photography. Okay. So she really enjoyed that. But she, she's good with the longbow and she likes to turkey hunt and things like that all the time. She's an amazing shot. Is she still that good a shot? Or because you no, haven't put she, out. She doesn't shoot as much as she should. Okay. And, you know, I mean, she'd get it back really fast. There's no doubt about that. Yeah. Because you haven't put out a lot of YouTube content like lately, you know what I mean, in a while. So no, any, anything that's out there yeah. years or so, I guess. Yeah. But she was like, you know, doing the, I, I call it trick shooting or whatever, but I mean, you know, wherever you used to shoot, you had like a big hockey rink or something like that in a barn or something like that. Yeah. Or, the barn, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, 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 and the shots that you guys would make were, were pretty amazing, but I don't think I ever saw um, your son on any of those, you know? So, but I just, no, I, I, I did, I did a video for years ago. Um, it was actually the first video I ever made, actually, I think, because I did, I was, I was, I went back to university, I went to university when I was 46. Mm-hmm. Um, I wanted to teach. And so I went and took children's studies course and all that. And then I ended, I ended up getting sick with a, with a, with a very serious disease. And so I dropped out with my last year. Um, mm. But uh, anyway, um, I had a, uh, an elective I could take was a coaching course. And so they, they, uh, I could take, pick anything I want. I had to film a practice 
And so I did one of Will. This It was actually the second time he ever shot a recurve um, shooting in the barn and uh, teaching him because uh, he shot his compound bow a few times before that, mm-hmm. you know, for a few years before that. But I got him a recurve. And uh, so I, I, I so th- that's if you go down to my videos, it's down at the very bottom. And it'd be one of the first ones I ever did. And, and that was just I did that for that course that I was taking. <laughs> oh, no kidding. Yeah. So, but, but they're still both active. I mean, you obviously, you know, uh, oh, yeah. you well, put the passion son, in them and it stayed right. I mean, yeah, my, my son, uh, well, they, they both graduated university now. My son just finished his last exam last December. So he's going to be graduating this spring, but he's all done, mm-hmm. but he's been working at a, a, a big gun a place called shooters choice for the last few years. Okay. He's also uh, teaches uh, handgun safety courses and firearm safety courses, and he's really involved in hunting. He does, you know, big time and 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 loves grouse hunting more than anything. Turkey hunting, deer hunting. Um, he's in the compounds, you know, recurves, con- you know, has crossbows, has like all different types of firearms, shotguns, and you name it. Everything. Um, yeah. That, that, that's it's great. A lot of fun. It's it's one of those things, you know. You say get your kids involved when they're young, and and you know, it's for me, it's paid off. They were interested right from the get go, and they're still interested. And they still love to do it. It's nice to be able to have that time with them um, now, where they can't wait to go out with me. <laughs> mm-hmm. So it's it's a nice uh, nice thing to have. Do you guys get to hunt a lot? Are they kind of living local to you or are they, or have they, you know, kind of flown, flown the nest a little bit? Well, my daughter's been home for the last couple of years because of COVID. Okay. Um, she, she was finishing up the university. She was in the Salent University in, in, in uh, the UK. Okay. So we had, she had to come home for that. And then she finished up through Windsor. And, um, but it was all online stuff. Okay. And so she's actually just heading out to BC whistler in april um and gonna work out there for a year or for part of part of a year anyway mm-hmm. and then she's hoping to go to new zealand uh, but my son's just down in kitchener a couple hours away so okay he's back and forth and you know we're already talking about bear hunting and that this spring and turkey hunting and that so the, the the land so let's talk about that so the lands that um you hunt you said you've got um the family you said you got your family farm, right? Yeah, it's just and, it's a hundred acres here at home. Okay, and then you've got the cabin, which is another property, which is farther it's, away from here. It's it's a five hour drive away, and then you have to then you have to cross the lake, and then and then you have another mile and a half through the bush to get there. Oh, that sounds awesome. Yeah. <laughs> that sounds amazing. Is that is that is that private then too, or is that in, on on uh, yeah, it, public like on a it's all in the middle of crown land. So it's, it's, okay. um, it's like a isolated block. Um, it's, it's surrounded by crown land and you know, there's no, I, you can't get to it. Like the only way I get to it was with an Argo because uh, you, you got to cross a lake first to get to it. And you have bodies of water to cross two, mm-hmm. I have two bodies of water to cross to get to my cabin. Oh my goodness. Um, so, uh, you know, I, I, I've done it for many, many years, just, carrying stuff on my back but all right since then i've gotten an eight-wheel argo and and that just makes life so much nicer <laughs> oh i can imagine um yeah. how much time do you spend up there 
Uh, we were up, I think, 10 times last year. Oh, okay. So you yeah. go quite frequently. You don't just go for like, I don't know, a chunk of time and then like, okay, this is my, you know, my two week trip there, or my, you know, three week trip there. It's like you're up there frequently. Yeah, we'll go up. We try, I try to go up once, twice a month and, and it'll be, it'll vary between for three days to, you know, five, six days. So I'm guessing like, obviously no electricity, no nothing there, just pure, you know. Yeah, there's nothing there. No electricity, no power, no this uh, uh, four walls and a roof, basically. Yeah, it's an old uh, dovetail log cabin. You know, let's say from from the early part of the last century. Oh wow! It used to be, it used to be an old homestead, and um, you know it's it's uh, yeah it's got an old cook stove and oil lanterns and cone lanterns and that sort of thing. And in the summertime, I have a summer kitchen in the woodshed. You know, we cook on Coleman stoves and that sort of thing. And you know, a tabletop barbecue, and um, there's well water there. Uh, we got a actually. I'm putting in a. I'm building a new wood sauna, wood burning sauna there this year. Um, but we have a sauna up there as well, and and uh, so it's it's all the, the comforts of home in a rustic sort of way. Um, this summer, I'm actually towards the end of the summer. Once I get the sauna finished and everything. I want to open it up to possibly having wildlife photography tours there of, of, you know, taking maybe one, two people at a time, or one to two people at a time for like a three day trip and then take them out for photographing moose and stuff like that. Yeah. So that sounds really cool. Um, that was a really good segue. Cause I was going to, I was going to kind of, um, uh, get to that. So what, what is your wildlife situation up there? Like one, if you, if you step outside, um, you know, you just boil the pot of coffee or whatever on, you know, whatever stove you're on, you step outside in the morning, you know, I, I I'm imagining this, like this picturesque, like the, uh, you know, the steam coming off, you know, and everything like that, you look outside and it's, and what do you see or what can, what, what can you see? Well, it's, yeah. I mean, the, the pond is, uh, there's a, a big beaver pond that wraps around the cabin and it's just like a two minute walk down, like, I don't know, be 50, 60 yards away from the cabin. And, uh, you know, you, the canoe's there, you throw the canoe in and you'll see moose. <laughs> I mean, wow. you, 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 there's moose tracks right by the cat, right, you know, right by the, 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 the campfire. Um, there's lots of bears around and there's the odd deer, um, lots of grouse and, you know, ducks and geese honking and um, wolves howling sometimes. Really? Uh, that sort of thing. So it's, it's, uh, yeah, I mean, it's just it's some pretty good stuff there. A little bit of everything, it seems like. Yeah. I mean, that's I mean just... it's not like heading out, you know, now bird or something like that. You don't see as much as that, but mm -hmm. it's there and, and it's, it's nice and quiet. So. Yeah, obviously. Um, so you, you mentioned um, grouse a lot, right? That's, that's obviously one of your, um, one of your bigger passions is, is chasing yeah. grouse. The populations um, down here are not very good, but it seems like where you are, the populations are very good. Um, yeah, you, you know what I mean? What, what, what have you seen over there? Because I mean, obviously you've had, you said you've, you've had this, in, at least in your family since like what, 1940, 40 something years you said, or 1941 or yes, whatever it was. Yeah, 80 years. Yeah. So um, obviously you've, you've, you've been, I don't know if I want to use the term like steward of the land, though you have, but at least you've been there watching all this, right? What, what yeah. have you seen as far as like, um, 
like cyclical, you know, uh, you know, ups and downs or whatever of, of, of the various spe- species up there? You know, what, what, what kind of trends are you seeing? Um, I find that it tends to be more the weather that controls it more than anything. Because you know, if, it's, if, it's, if you get a ton of rain and that sort of thing, you know, you're not going to get to see as many birds. But I've never had a problem finding birds in decent weather. Um, and, and I guess it's because there's so little pressure there. There's no one else hunts there. Um, very rarely anyway. So, there, you know, we always see birds when we go out. Um, Are you referring specifically to, um, to grouse or just, uh, you know, fowl, fowl of all kinds? Well, um, for, for grouse, you know, in a couple hours, you might get a half dozen to 12 flushes. Um, depending on the woodcock, you could have as many flushes as you can handle. Yeah. Um, because it can be one right after the other, after the other, depending on what part of the migration it is. Sure. Um, for duck hunting, it's early season uh, because they tend to leave early. And it's, it's local ducks because it's not a it's not a big flyway. So there's not a huge amount of ducks, but there's enough there to, to you know partake in for sure. Hmm. Do, do a lot of them stick around through the winter? No, no. No, no, nothing sticks around to the winter there. It's 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 froze up solid. Really, because because yeah. you know because I'm in Minnesota, right? Yeah. Um, I mean, we have ducks year round, right? I mean, I can go out now and within you know five minutes, I can, you know, probably find ducks and geese. You know, they, they, it it is a flyway. They do migrate, but there's still a ton that 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 kind of stick around here throughout the winter. Yeah, you, you know, don't, not not up at the cabin anyway. There's no open water anywhere. No open. Okay. Yeah. So they're not, so there's no, um, so, so they're not, they're not necessarily attracted to, well, you're saying you have to cross bodies of water though, right? So are, so are they mostly. Yeah. But in the, in the, in the wintertime, it's like two foot of ice on it all. Right. Oh, okay. Okay. So there's, so there's nothing. Gotcha. Everything just froze right straight over. Sure. Sure. Okay. And okay. So as soon as, as soon as you get that ice starting to come in, then they just vacate really fast. Really? Yeah. Interesting. Do you do a lot of goose hunting too up there? Um, yeah, we get geese up there and we like to do it at home here every once in a while. Yeah. And in the fields here at home, it depends on what's in the, what's in the fields. If there's grain or soybeans or whatever. Yeah. yeah. Do you do any kind of, um, uh, what would it be called? It'd be called a kind of like, uh, like habitat management or whatever for certain kinds of species at all. Um, do you, you know, do you put out like supplemental feeders or, no, I mean, or is there just so much just natural abundance out there that it's not even, there's, there's, there's enough here for like people do that. I've never been into feeding. I just, I, I can't see it being worthwhile and, 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 and wasting money on it. Mm-hmm, I mean, mm-hmm. you, you have, you know, you, you have like a, like, okay. Our, our farm here, there's about 65 acres of the planted, but about a third of it's in hay. The rest is in uh, soybeans or corn. Mm-hmm. And, and uh, then, you know, next door, I've got like 80 acres of corn. And then on my other side, I've got, you know, another 45 acres of pasture and hay. And, uh, you know, the field next to that one might be 80 acres of corn or soybeans. So, I mean, there's just so much stuff that... You've got a natural food, food plot, basically. <laughs> yeah, and there's like wild apple trees everywhere. And oh, geez, okay. Stuff everywhere, you know, it's, that, yeah. Okay. I, I, that, that sounds pretty awesome. And then, so, so you, then you're not, you said you're not actively farming anymore, right? You're, you're leasing out this land and stuff or. Yeah. I just lease it out to the neighbor. Okay. Um, 
does that um so when where you do your hunting then do you do most of your hunting up at the cabin or at your main property and how well, does that how does that farming practice affect affect your you know well deer and turkey are all done here okay and it doesn't affect it at all um i'm in the bush yeah. and or i'm in the fields and depending on what fields are where like you know i'll be in a hay field or something so we've got some wetter ground it's just strictly hay or pasture and so then if i'm hunting turkeys i'll set up in there mm-hmm. um and then for deer hunting i'm in the bush and in the swamp so uh nothing really affects that and then how, like, how far uh, would you say your average um like let's say uh you know you decide to get up and you're like okay i'm, I'm going deer hunt today right mm-hmm. um on your property, but your property is, you know, relatively large, right? So how, how, I mean, how, how far a walk, trek, Argo ride, whatever do you have to, to go set up and, and, and do your main hunting? If I really want to, I can go. Don't tell me out the window. It's going to make me jealous. Well, it's about, about 400 yards. <laughs> oh, Jesus. Okay. <laughs> wow. No kidding. I want to go deer hunting, but normally I go a little further than that. I'll go into the woods and the swamp. Just to make it fair. <laughs> well, just because there's more, more, more likely to see something, more movement and that sort of thing. Sure. And you said you got plenty of turkeys there too, right? I know you're like, I know you're a big turkey hunter. Yeah. Yeah. We're not, we're not really big. We don't have a lot of roosts here. Mm-hmm. It's not a real turkey roost kind of place, but yeah. I mean, they roost in farms nearby. And so actually I just wrote an article for a magazine. It's called uh, no roost, no problem. Um, it's, it's basically looking at turkey hunting when you don't have a roost to go to. Like, it's not everybody has that permission, right? Sure. And so for me, like, I could get the permission, but I, I can't be bothered. I just hunt here. And uh, I don't have a roost, so I just deal with it and hunt a different way. Which means When you say they don't have a roost, you mean they don't have any roost, like they're not roosting in the trees that you have, or it's just not? Yeah, um... they're, they're, not, they're not roosting on the property. Okay. And so they're roosting, you know, couple farms over and yeah. so but i know they do come by i know they move i know they you know move around and so when i go out in the morning and i usually go about 7 o'clock or so and i'll just do some light calling just contentment calling i know they can hear it i'm not trying to hail call i'm not trying to i'm not trying to attract them over my my first primary goal is just to let them know that yeah, I'm here. And then I'm patient. And eventually they do come by and sometimes throughout, you know, maybe at 10, 10 30 or so, then I might get a little more aggressive and do a little bit few other types of calls and and but I never over call. So you're I not really to... you're not really going there um before roost, right? At like like pre-dawn. You're kind of waiting till no. they fly down and then you're just kind of throwing some some you know calls out there because 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 they're they're busy right they're hand up usually and yeah exactly you're like you know I, i'm over here too lost as soon, hand, as, they, hand. as soon as they start to break away my goal is to let them know that yeah there's birds over here sure yeah when it's time for them to break away they know which direction they can go yeah you know it's amazing how many um okay so I've, first of all i have yet to connect but i've had some really really like great encounters right um yeah and it's uh, the last couple of years, just because of like work schedules and my wife work schedule, whatever, I haven't been able to go, you know, first thing in the morning. Right. So I've been basically relegated to kind of midday. It's amazing how many birds are walking around midday looking for love, you know, well, just that, exactly, that. because the, the, especially when you get later in the season, Yeah. because later in the season, they breed the hens bugger off and go to the nest right away. 
Tons are left standing there. Okay, I'm still horny. What am I going to do? What am I going to do? Look around. So yep. the, the, the toms wander more at the later end of the season, that last week of the season. Mm-hmm. Toms are wandering all over the place looking for love. Because there's less and, has, less and less hen less activity less than the ones that are already bred. Yeah. The activity they have happens right away. And then by mid-morning, they're on their own. And so they're going to move and they're going to move different yeah. areas. So... It's amazing even, around me. I, I notice um, like the gobbling. Yeah. Um, just, just, just stops um, with within 20 minutes, half an hour of fly down, you know, yeah. every now and then you'll, you'll spark one up or whatever, or, you know, one will get mad at another one or something like that. But like the crazy gobbling your head off um, symphony, you know, just dies yeah. down within the first half hour. Well, and that's where people make a mistake too, is because yeah. they go out and they're trying to, when they're calling, they're, they're trying to get a gobble all the time. Yeah. And I say, no, don't do that. Don't do that. You just, you know, just, they don't always gobble. They, they, they don't, they won't respond. Just put in those few minutes of calling light stuff, not aggressive, not crazy. Yeah. Don't, be, don't be, don't be stupid. And then, and then they'll find you. And the next thing you know, you turn around, they, they snuck up right on you without a gobble. I had one, I, I was, I was wanting to write an article article called a season of no gobbles. I heard a single gobble the whole season. Yeah. You know, it's amazing. You said like, you're right. How, how quiet they can be and how you can sometimes like, I mean, I've walked up, you know, on turkeys or, or had turkeys just walk up on me, you know, without a peep, you know, kind of like deer do all of a sudden, boom, they're yeah. there. Like how the hell did that yeah. thing get there? You know what I mean? But um, even if you're not turkey hunting, let's say you're just, just out in the woods, just randomly. And, you, and it, it's, you'd be surprised at how often you just kind of like wander up on on turkeys, you know, whether they're yeah, hens or, or toms right or whatever. Top, though, without even, without even you realize it, next thing yeah. you know, you're busted. Like, oh, yeah. darn. <laughs> Man, I was, uh, I was, uh, I was kind of half scouting, half hunting, whatever this year. Um, and uh, of course, though, it was in October, right? So here we have an, we have a, we have a spring turkey season and a, a fall turkey season, right? Mm-hmm. Um, the fall turkey, the fall turkey is only through October and you can, in, in October, it's uh, it's either sex. You can shoot you can shoot a hen or, or a tom. Yeah, or it's a different game because what you want to do is you want to find the birds and then break them up, and then they fly back in when you call, and that's where you use kiki runs and stuff like that, right? So you you want to get in there and, and 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 you see a flock, and you literally like guys will have dogs that are trained to go bust the flock up. And then okay, so let's get into that. I've heard of that. I've heard of that, and that's a little more advanced than 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 what I have experience with. So. Yeah. Um, real quick, what I was going to say was like, I actually walked up on like three hens and it was, they were, I mean, they were within like 10 yards and I just, they they didn't, they, they kind of saw me at the last minute, but if I had a tag, I mean, not, of course, nothing's guaranteed, but I mean like easy shot, right? Like under 10 yards, boom, right there. And I just kind of like walked up on them. Um, of course the next day I went and got a tag. And then I went back at, you know, it's in the same area. I never found them again, but it, that's just, that's just the kind of thing. Like you're wandering around and it's like, Oh, there's some turkeys and they're in season and damn it. I don't have a tag, but um, yeah. so, so talk to me about this, this, um, uh, this method of, cause I've heard it, I've heard it referred to before and I don't, I don't really know how exactly how it works. Where you you bust a, up a flock, a, then you, you wait for them to regroup. Like what's, what's, what's going on there? Yeah. Cause what you're doing is you're going to a spot where they, they, they gather and they're gathered. And you run in and you bust them all up and they fly off in all different directions. But then they're going to want to get back together again. So what you do is you set up quickly in roughly that, that same area of the mom. And then you there. They have that kiki run call that, that they're, going, they're, they're trying to look for that 
those other turkeys. They're, they're alone. They're scared. They're I, I lost you for a little right? bit there, Jeff, when you said oh, yeah. uh, right, right after they fly off, I lost you. You said, so they fly, so you bust them out. Um, you them do you out. let them see you by the way, that they, that you're a human or that you're something, or do you bust yeah. them out some other way? Yeah. You just bust them. Okay. You were running in at them and you bust them up. And then of course they, they, they fly off in all different directions. Okay. And then they want to get back together. Their, their, their urge is to stay in a group, right? Mm-hmm. Especially when you get the young birds that are like the poults that are, you know, growing up. Well, they want to be with the other birds. They don't want to be alone. Right. And so that, that's where you use like a kiki run call. That's a bird that the young call will use. It's, it's, uh, it's like rah, 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 sort of thing. It's, I can't do, I don't have my call in my mouth, but <laughs> that's, that's the sort of thing that they'll do. And so you just set up in that roughly same area, put a decor out or so, and then you start doing those calls and they'll come and congregate back again. Hmm. Okay. That makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. That, that makes sense. So, so what comes coming in, uh, what, what comes back in first? Is there like a kind of hierarchy of, um, they just all come in. They just all come in. Things. Yeah. Sometimes they do. Sometimes it Sometimes they'll come to get together in a different spot. You never, it's not an exact science, right? Like, but that's the general gist of it. Yeah. I'm asking if there's any kind of correlation with, um, you know, how like with deer, right. If you, if you kind oh, of, um, yeah, hens, yeah. you know, yeah. Like, like the does, the younger things. ones will go in first. Cause they're like, you know, they're, um, they're, <laughs> they're, they're fresh meat, you know what I mean? And then the older yeah. does will go in and then the bucks will be like, okay, nothing yeah. is attacked or eaten. These, these, these women out there now yeah. I'm going to go last, yeah. you know what I mean? Yeah. So, that's the other thing I do when I when I deer hunt a lot of times, is I'll have a little diaphragm call with me, mm-hmm. and I'll just do turkey contentment calls, purrs and clucks and things like that, just because you see deer and turkeys hanging out together all the time. Yeah, and I find that deer, just I, I have this theory that deer will drop their guard if there's a bunch of turkeys around. Okay. I've thought because, about doing that because uh, because that makes 100% total sense. Uh, that and if you're like walking through the woods or you're making a little bit of like rustling or whatever noise, um, I've always heard it said that hey, have a have a, a turkey call, just like, just a couple like like gentle clucks and uh, things like that. The problem with me is I can't. I I've tried. I've tried. I've tried. I gag. I can't use a mouth call. I gag. You know, I I'm I'm, I'm good with a slate call or but you know, but I can't do the. So it it would be. Because otherwise, then you're like carrying all this other stuff too, walking around. You know what I mean? Yeah, I'm I'm horrible with a slate call. Like I'm not very good with one, and, and I don't like a box. Yeah, I've never used a box call, but call. You still there? Lost you. Can you still hear me? Yeah, there we go. Yeah, I lost you there. You see, I lost you when you said uh, you, you're not good with a box call, but. Yeah, I, I find I end up being too mechanical with 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 those types of calls. Yeah, and whereas with a diaphragm call, it can easily add personality to it, mm-hmm. and that's what brings the birds in is the personality. Yeah, I would love to be able to use one. I've tried. I just I can't yeah. do it without gagging. You know what I mean? Um, yeah, yeah. But I'd still but like to master it. If nothing, they, they if nothing else, calls. than for deer hunting, you know. <laughs> Some of the companies do make calls that 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 uh, they claim are for people that have gagging problems. Mm-hmm. So look into it because you might be able to find diaphragm call that you can use. Mm-hmm. They have like I know Primos has 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 those types of calls that for people that have problems with gagging. Really? Yeah. 
Yeah. Cause it'd be so convenient, you know, like you said, just, just walking around, um, just to deer hunting, you know, yeah. going, going back to what we said, just like call of like, you make some noise and it's like a, you know what I mean? Like, Oh, yeah. it's just a Turkey. You know what I mean? And, and if, and if it lets the deer down deer's guard down for, I don't know, even, even a little bit, it might buy some more time, you know, for yeah, stuff. To I, settle I used down. to have this, I used to have this saying called walking like a moose. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I got that from being younger when I was up as a kid in the cabin. And it's like, you, 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 a lot of times you cannot, it's impossible to walk quietly. Yeah. So I always thought, well, walk with a purpose then and sound like something. So I'd, I'd take branches and I'd smash branches together and purposely make loud noise mm-hmm. as if I was a moose walking through a certain section. Yeah. And uh, you know, that's, that's what works, right? If you can't, can't be quiet you better sound like something that belongs there sure yeah yeah well i sound like a moose but we don't have moose here that's the problem <laughs> <laughs> but 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 i see what you're saying yeah um i i haven't quite been able to uh to master that because it, god for for certain areas around here right i i held like a variety of um well, actually, it's similar, but what's actually on the ground underneath your feet at any given time could be like vastly different, right? It can just be yeah. kind of marsh grass, or it could be, uh, man, this 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 one or two times I went out this year in this one section, I was really trying to to uh, to a scout and be because because I'm trying to do like once in, right? I'm trying to cover a whole lot of ground um, this year, and I did cover a lot of ground, but there were certain areas that I, I just could you cannot take a step without crunching and snapping something under your feet. I mean, it just littered with like just matchsticks of like dried, you know, dried wood and uh, branches and, and things like that, you know, and I know some people say, well, you can do it if you're really, really careful and move the, you know, le- you know, the, the ground litter around. No, I'm telling you, you cannot take a step without like snapping yeah. something, yeah. you know, and it was just so frustrating. Like, I'm like, okay, well, I can be here for four hours and go like 20 yards or yeah. I can make my way in and then get to an area I want to explore and then just sit quietly and hope, hopefully let the, you know, the woods kind of quiet back down and, and, uh, you know, just, just, de- just deal with the consequences of making noise on the way in, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. But, but no moose, <laughs> just, just Emra <laughs> walking through the woods. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so um, these days, right. If you, if you are, Gonna well, you know what? Let me let me back up again. So, what is what is your what is your favorite season, right? Because you hunt everything, right? So, what what is your favorite season? Like, um, what what do you look forward to most? It's right now. It's March March fourth, March third. What what are you looking forward to? Well, I'm looking forward to springtime. You know, I guess as every season comes along, that becomes my favorite season. So, I'm looking forward to turkeys. I want to do a bear hunt this year at the cabin, spring bear hunt. Um. I've got a, a, an assignment for an article for the spring bear hunt that I want to do. And um, yeah. And then, you know, of course my favorite will always be grouse hunting. I mean, that's, that's, that tops everything. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, but yeah, no, it's, it's, uh, I guess that probably answer your question. <laughs> no, no, I, I, absolutely. Um, Cause you know, maybe, maybe I'm right. Maybe I'm wrong. Like, I, I don't, I don't see you as like a big deer guy. Right. I mean, I know you've shot deer, but, um, it, it, you're always kind of, when I think of you, I think of, like you just said, kind of leaning toward more, uh, like, like, like the foul kind of 
yeah you know yeah, kind, kind of way you know bird, bird hunting the most yeah and and i like like deer hunting's great it, it has its times that i really love it um but it's so intense yeah and it's really tiring and you know like what do you mean by that intense just because you're you're you're, you're sitting for you so long you've you, you got to be so alert so long sitting for so long or moving so quietly for so long because i I, I, I bought my man card at a discount store. I, I can't go up in a tree. <laughs> okay. I'm, I'm not too comfortable in a tree stand and either. So yeah. every, all the hunting I do is on the ground. Sure. And so it's just a very intense way to do it. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that's, that's why when, when turkey season comes along, it's like, I love that because it's a lot less serious. <laughs> no, I, I, absolutely. I, I'm, I'm, I'm a big fan of, um, God, I, I can't sit. I can't sit for, for too long. You know what I mean? I get fidgety. It's probably, it's one of my problems where I, I don't, I don't shoot a lot of stuff because I get fidgety. I want to move around. I want to, you know, constantly, yeah. I, I like hunting off the ground. I got into saddle hunting because, um, you know, last few years, two years, because I'm not comfortable in a tree stand. Yeah. Uh, but in a saddle, you're, you, I feel secure because you are, you're just under tension all the time. Um, that yeah. helped tremendously, you know, but uh, I also like just being able to walk around and, and I'm the first one to raise my hand, like a deer hunt will turn into a squirrel hunt, like just like that. If I see one of the, <laughs> you know, around like I'm, cause, cause in my mind, it's like, okay, it's something I actually have a quarry in front of me and I can chase it. Yeah. You know, I know it sounds stupid to some people, uh, you know, a couple ounces of, of uh, squirrel meat potentially versus, you know, 40, yeah. 50 pounds of deer meat, you know, yeah. if you get one, but that's, that's just the way my mind is. Cause I'm constantly wanting to move around and chase something. And that's, that's, yeah. the, that's the fun part for me. So I've, I've never yeah. been an antler guy either. No, no, no. I'd sooner take a doe. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, yeah, sure. Everybody gets excited if they see a 12 point buck or something like that. Right. But I mean, you, they don't even make good soup. You know, they, they say that, right? Everyone, everyone gets excited, but I don't, I genuinely don't. I really don't care about antlers. I mean, I really, really don't care about antlers. I know, I know, I know a lot of people, they'll, they'll, they'll try to, you know, pattern in something and a specific animal and, you know, spend, you know, months looking at trail cameras. And then, well, I don't, I, I bought my first trail camera last year. I used it up at the cabin just for fun. We wanted to see what, what pictures we were getting to moose and bears and stuff like that. And it was kind of cool, but I mean, I'll use it up there for that, but I've never been one to, you know, throw, you know, half a dozen trail cameras out with 200 pounds of corn and, yeah, you know, that kind of thing. It just doesn't interest me. Yeah. I, just like I, I bought my first, uh, first one, not last year, but the year before it was a $25, like, like Tasco one from Walmart. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I've probably had it up like a half a dozen times. I'm like, man, this is a lot of work. And that's just for like one camera. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, is it going to get stolen? Is it going to mess with, you know what I mean? Like, well, check people. it. And it's yeah, like, ah, like, uh, just, it's not my thing. Cameras, a decent camera is going to run you $150. Anyway. Oh, sure. Yeah. Yeah. This was just a cheapy, just cause I'm like, well, you know, let's <laughs> see what it's all about. Not, yeah, and it's I still have cool. it. It, it's rolling around like the floorboards of my car somewhere. It's probably under my seat. You know, yeah. I, it just wasn't, it wasn't, it wasn't really my game, you know, but, um, people spend, but you know, they'll have 10, 12 cameras. Oh, that's yeah. So it, yeah. As a starter pack. Yeah. Kind of, yeah. How do you afford that kind of thing? How do you afford the batteries? <laughs> well, everything about it. Like, and then, and then like all the, and then the mineral and the salts and the, all the stuff they put out. It's just, like, yeah. Boy, that deer meat tends to be considered like $150 a pound. Oh, yeah, sure. Yeah, that <laughs> it, it, it I, I can't. That's the whole reason for doing it. 
Yeah, I, I can't I can't justify the cost of uh, you know per, per ounce or per pound or whatever of uh, of, of wild game. You know, at least at at least at the at the rates of success that I have. You know, I certainly don't have the rate of diminishing returns uh, going for me. <laughs> in fact, it's going the opposite direction. It helps me to see these people these 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 people the the the, the pro staffers or whatever they are the hunters the, the television hunters and stuff. I mean, they'll have their fifteen hundred dollars worth of Sitka gear on. Mm-hmm. And then they'll sit in a manufactured blind. Yeah. And you go like, okay. Yeah. Isn't that, yeah. Isn't that supposed to be for the elements in the first place? <laughs> Don't get me wrong. I, I, you know, if you, if you want I mean, to have some pieces of technical clothing, great, you know, but yeah, I, I see where you're coming from. That's, you know, like, I just, I go out and I, I enjoy the experience and I enjoy, you know, I'll see a, a Martin or I'll see whatever. And, and I, I, the majority of the time I do go out, I do see deer, um, which is nice. It's always nice to see. Um, and, you know, the odd time I get lucky. <laughs> yeah. Wherever it comes into place. But Yeah. So then the love of um, – um, so, so it's, it seems like you've got two loves, right? One um, – I see you shooting. I know we were going to talk about archery a lot, but I'll dabble just a little bit. You shoot a lot of, I know you had, I don't know whether it's a, a relationship or whatever with bear archery of some sort, right? Cause you shoot a lot of bear stuff, but then no, also I, you said you got this, this, this love affair with, um, with, with the shotgun and you got all these, uh, for some reason, the Ithaca 37 always keeps popping up on your Instagram. So you want to touch yeah. on those two, you know, cause they're both kind well, of iconic. <laughs> The very first shotgun I ever used, well, not the very first one, but the, the first duck gun I ever had, was I used my grandfather's Ithaca 37. Mm-hmm. And so that's got, it's very special to me. And it's a bottom load, bottom eject, right? That's right. Okay. Yeah. And I, I just think, like I've seen 870s and Winchesters and everything else. I've never seen a pump action gun that, that's as good as this. I, li- I, like, shot lighter, one, yeah. I like a lighter streamlined finesse style gun and that's what the Ithaca is and um so like we've got like all the two of us said now we've got about a half a dozen of them now and 16 gauge 20 gauge 12 gauge all different types nice collect them and and, you know we've got um winchester model 12s and we've got you know 870s and we've got you know mossbergs and we've got all different types but the Ithaca will always be my favorite one I've never fired one, um, but but they, they do kind of look you know a little bit skinnier, a little more um, what's the word like live you know than than some, some yeah. chunkier, blockier uh, more, guns. More finesse. More finesse, yeah. More finesse. It's not. Um, are you always stuff. into the pump thing, or do you still like? like do, you, do you have any side by sides or? Yeah, um, we've got a whole bunch of different ones, and I've got I've got my uh, Browning side by side. It's a side lock. It's twenty gauge. I bought it brand new in I guess eighty four. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've still got that. That's my favorite, probably my favorite shotgun of all. And that's what I use for uh, in the uplands all the time. I've used the duck hunting as well. Um, but I've always been a, I've always been a light. Like even even using the twelve gauges, I mean, I've always used just one and eight ounce loads. Yeah, nothing. Uh, I've never been a magnum kind of guy, a, a finesse shooter. Um, I like lighter, smaller, poofier loads that, you know, he can handle easy. I'm as guessing you're shooting a pretty tight choke then, right? Are you a tight choke guy? Cause I mean, you obviously depends. hit, you know, a whole lot better than most, most people can. Right. So 
Yeah, it's it's about it's more about knowing your gun and what it can do. Yeah, and patterning it in and making like I just there's an article I wrote on Terra Doors, and and it's about it's called the expert's gun, or the expert's gun. You know, it's referring to the 410. And, and basically it's, it's the story about how I taught my son to shoot a shotgun with a 410. And it's like, that's sort of unheard of, right? Like 410, you never give a 410 to a kid or to a novice or something. That'll just ruin them, right? Well, if you do it correctly, I think it's probably the best firearm to use to introduce someone for a shotgun and wing shooting. Just because they have to be so much more accurate and take more measured well, shots, or no? Because number one, being you know a, a, a ten or twelve year old kid, I had this, this little Ivor Johnson single shot shotgun, four ten. It fit him perfectly. Oh, okay, yeah. That's the number one rules. Gun Not a lot of recoil. Well, no recoil. Yep. It's quiet. Okay. So okay. when he first brought him out and first started shooting, what I did is I just put a big pattern board up, just so he could see what the pattern did. And we were 10 yards, 15 yards away. And so he could understand what that gun was doing. Mm-hmm. Then we'd shoot pop cans. We'd shoot four liter jugs of water, just standing, okay? So he'd get the feel of the gun. So he'd learn how to mount it. He'd learn how to use it with no fear, no recoil, no flinching, nothing. He really enjoyed the experience, right? Eventually got to the point where I'm throwing up cardboard discs for him. You know, I'd be beside him, I'd throw one out, a disc, and he'd shoot it out of the air so he'd get the idea of how to move and how to track sure. them then we're doing clays you know now like he's got a browning satori over under that he's knocking woodcock out of the air and grouse out of the air with two and a half inch shells <laughs> yeah 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 wow okay so uh, it's kind of the same theory like when you start someone off on like a like a light poundage bow you know what That's i mean especially exactly traditional it. work on the fundamentals work on you know if you're going to aim aim if you're going to be instinctive instinctive but learn learn what the, the path of that arrow is going to do right and then learn the fundamentals yeah fundamentals and then you can work up to you know whatever whatever poundage uh yeah you know, you so want. i've never been one to want really big heavy loads and things like that yeah you know now he's i think he's one of the best shots i've ever seen like I've never been competition like that, but I mean, I see him knock birds out of the air. Like it's silly. Yeah. And um, it just, it's just without even thinking about it. Right. Yeah. You know, I haven't done a lot of shotgunning in the last few years um, since, since I kind of went heavy into, into traditional, you know, cause any of my free time, if I'm in the woods, I'm carrying my, my boat. Right. Yeah. Um, it's cause I used to do a lot of squirrel hunting with my shotgun stuff. And then I started doing a lot of squirrel hunting with, you know, my compound. And now I'm just all I'm carrying is my, my recurves and longbows, but, um, you know, same, same, you know, sa- same kind of thing. Like I, I still like, I, I never had any like fancy shotguns, right. I mean, I had a, I've got an older 870, you know, before, before they started to be crap basically. Um, yeah. you know, but, when I go duck hunting or, or, or waterfowl with, uh, you know, with my buddy here lives up the street. In fact, last year I didn't go at all, but the year before it, it, it I, I don't know whether obviously it's me, but, um, this doesn't have like a, a removable choke or, or anything like that. Um, but yeah, I mean, you, 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 you get that, um, you start to realize like, okay, well, if I'm going to be serious about shotgunning and you got to get serious about shotgunning and there, and there's, there's, there's more, uh, it, it, it's, it, it's kind of the same joy that you get out of shooting a bow um, because yeah. you have to work for it and it has to work for you. And, you know, any little thing you do different, you know, if you lose, if you use a different shell pattern, it's going to be different. If you use, yeah. uh, if you hold a, you know what I mean? If your head's too high, even a good cheek weld, whatever uh, it's going to be a little bit different. Yeah. Uh, but I almost get more um, 
enjoyment out of shooting a nice, you know, like, like flyby kind of thing, you know, with, mm-hmm. with, with my shotgun or even if it's a squirrel and a limb, whatever, then I do shooting anything with my rifle, you know, yeah. that's just me. Yeah. Yeah, I, I can hear you. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. So, no, I, I, I can definitely relate. So, um, so then just, just to wrap up then, so we got the shotgun stuff. Um, are you, so when you head out into the woods, like normally for, for any of the stuff now, whether it's going to be turkey or grouse or deer, whatever, are you, are you taking the bow or are you, are you leaning more toward the, the shotgun side now, at least for like the smaller game stuff? Turkey's all bow. All bow. Yeah. Um, my son will like to go to the shotgun and so I call for him and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, my daughter likes strictly bow. Um, deer, it's all bow. Okay. Uh, and um, a grouse and stuff like that. Yeah, I use shotguns and stuff like that a lot. Ducks, shotguns. It's kind of a... The last few years have been more shotguns than anything. Yeah. Yeah, and then um, I, I know you, you were starting to say something. I, I cut you off earlier about it. We kind of went a different direction, but I did mention the the, the bear the bear archery thing. Now you exclusively shot not say exclusively. Well, all, it's, all uh, I've seen you shoot is bears on your videos. Did you have some sort of relationship with them, or not really? No, that um, was pro staff there for a couple of years. I didn't like it, so I dropped it. Mm-hmm. Um, didn't like being on the on a pro staff or the requirements that kind of came with that, or just the whole thing. I didn't like. Yeah. And I really don't want anything to do with anything like that. Yeah. Lots of people offer to send me stuff and, and try. And I, I just, no, thank you. I just don't want to be part of that. I just, mm-hmm. um, I just, I'm uncomfortable with it and I don't like it. Just and, to promote um, it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I just, I've, I've just always, uh, like Fred Bear, of course, was, was an idol. Yeah. And, um, you know, I, I, all the different bows that he, made i mean there's something for everyone and, and uh, i haven't shot a bear bow that i didn't like and to me it's just like I, i'm 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 a you know a creature of habit <laughs> i find something i like <laughs> I don't fix it right yeah if it works don't fix it <laughs> so when you're heading out with a bow in your hand which which bow are you grabbing then um probably one the first one's probably probably my minute man okay yeah and then, and then either that or the Kodiak takedown. Really? Okay. Yeah. I haven't shot that. I haven't shot either one of those. Oh yeah. yeah. They're, they're just smooth as silk for me anyway. They just, I just love them. Yeah. I had a, uh, I had a 59 Kodiak, not, not an original one, but a 2018 and uh, I, I never should have sold it. I love that bow. I love the way it looks, you know, love the way, it, you know, kind of felt in the hand. Um, just, just beautiful lines, you know, everything about it. So, yeah. um, I, I, I do, I do miss that bow. I think it's just, I think it's just like a really, really pretty bow, but, um, yeah, no, I've, I mean, I've got a couple of grizzlies I shoot, you know, really nice. And, grizzlies um, and yeah, yeah. I mean, it's all, it's all, and they're older ones too. They're both from 1966. So, uh, um, yeah. they, they, they fit me better. And of course I can't leave well enough alone. So I have to, I know this is heresy to some people, but you know, I have to kind of modify the grip a little bit uh, for me because yeah. I find it a little too high risk, too bulbous. Um, but yeah. once it, once it fits me, man, I'm like, <laughs> yeah, you know, I love it. I, I love it so much. So that's nice. Yeah. And I've got, I've got a few other, you know, other, you know, boyers or bows or whatever, but you know, it's still, he's still, he's still got a kind of, I don't know, every bow I have, I, I like for a different reason, you know, and these ones, of course, I like for the history, you know, um, yeah. you know, and That's I've got a newer romance and the history of it. 
Of course, you know, and I've that's got other bows that a Boyer made, you know, I've got a Java man, you know, that's, that's, that's hand built. And it, it's, I love that thing. I absolutely love that bow I mean, for, for different reasons, you know, so that's what, that's what half of hunting is to me is the romance behind it. Sure. Yeah. And, and the, and the, um, you know, when, when you pick something up or you look at it or you put it in your hand, you know, you, you reminds you of someone or, or place and time, um, you know, that's, that's that, that you're carrying with you into the field. You know what I mean? That's yeah. at the same time, you're creating your own memories with it. Um, so that's, that's why, that's why I was not to get too kind of woo woo about it, <laughs> you know, you know what I mean? So, yeah. um, well, listen, um, I'm going to have to go pick up my daughter here in a little bit here. Um, was really nice we, here. yeah, what's that? It was really nice chatting with you. Yeah, it was. Is there anything we didn't touch on that, uh, that I, I know, cause we could talk about a whole, whole, you know, a whole lot of stuff. I mean, do, you know, like I said, all your photography things and this and that, is there anything that, that we, we never, we didn't touch on that you wanted to, you know, let people know about, you know, the real, the real Jeff Cavanaugh? I don't know. They just, they go on my, on my, uh, Instagram It's pretty much there. Um, that, that, that kind of stuff. Yeah, no, <laughs> that's just shortened to the point, I guess. But you're, I, I think, I think you're right. I mean, if you go on your, your channel or your, uh, your, your Instagram love, rather. Yeah. We, we love gardening here. We love yeah. all that kind of stuff. So, um, beautiful pictures. Thank you. You know, beautiful pictures. And, uh, you know, it, it seems like it, it's almost like, um, like the, like the best and simplest things like convey the most message, you know what I yeah. mean? Does that make yeah. sense where yes. you don't have to do a lot of explaining about what this picture is and what it represents. So that's what I get a lot from when I, when I look at your, when I look at your page. So it's, it's, it's pretty cool. Yeah. 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 Well, awesome, Jeff. All right. I'm going to, let's see, I'm going to stop uh, recording here soon. So everybody uh, thanks for, thanks for listening. Definitely go check out, um, you know, Jeff's uh, older videos on his YouTube channel uh, be regaled by his awesome shooting, but as you know, but, you know, he's doing more stuff on Instagram, obviously. And there's like, we've talked about in the last hour, way more to Jeff than, uh, you know, than, than just that stuff. So I'm really, really glad that you and I got to talk because you are one of the first people I started, uh, following, um, before I was even on Instagram, I was following, following on YouTube when I got into, into traditional. So I've watched your videos like, you know, a ton of times and you're, you're a guy that I've wanted to talk to and kind of get to know for a long, long time. So it's, it's just kind of a treat for me as so I really, really uh, appreciate you, uh, you, you being on. And, uh, I know you said you're, 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 you're recovering. I think you were sick. You're recovering or something like that, or you're in lockdown or something like that at home. So well, I, I, I have uh, had my ankle fused. That's right. That's right. January. So I've got about another month yet before I can walk on it. Uh, well, I, I hope, I hope I filled, uh, your, your, at least an hour of your day with, with interesting yeah. stuff to talk about to take yeah. your mind off of that kind of stuff. So News for six weeks. So. <laughs> all right. Um, all right, everybody, uh, like share and subscribe, and, uh, I will talk to you guys next time. Thank you. Take care.